You're listening to The Soul's Way Podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I'm an author, a speaker, a mentor, and I help individuals align with their soul and create the ripple effect that they came here to create. Are you ready to manifest your best life the soul's way? If so, you're in the right place and you're definitely here for a reason. Let's dive in. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, friends. Welcome to the Soul's Way podcast or the Instagram live stream. I want to talk to you today about decolonizing wealth and success and why we need to decolonize wealth and success, what that even means, what that looks like. I'm going to share just some of my perspective of my story of my journey with this and this reclamation as I'm going to be talking to you about the reclamation masterclass that I have coming up that I'm so excited about how that came to be, who it's for, what it's all about. Um, And I'm just so thrilled to be here with you all sharing my heart. This has been a long time. Hey, Christina, this has been a long time coming. I have had this idea for this masterclass on my heart for like months now, and it's finally coming to fruition and it's finally here. So why don't we just start with that while some more people join on. Hello, hello. So the Reclamation Masterclass is happening very soon. It's happening on May 4th. Um, And this is a class for Black, Indigenous, and people of color to help you decolonize success and wealth and normalize it for yourself and reclaim your birthright to thrive and live a rich life because that is actually your birthright. Um, Hey, Christina, thanks for saying hi. That is actually your birthright, and I want to help you reclaim that. The reason we need to decolonize success and wealth in the first place and really normalize it for the BIPOC community, so Black, Indigenous, people of color, right? My Latina friends, where are you at? Asian friends, Indian friends, Black friends, and fellow Indigenous um, people. Why do we even need to decolonize success and wealth? Let's start with that. Um, and let me know if you have any questions about the masterclass as well. I'll I'll try to cover all the details, but that's that's the gist of it. It's going to be an hour-long potent masterclass. It is a paid masterclass um, on sale right now. It's going to be $44. It's on sale right now for $22 until Wednesday, April 27th. So get a move on that and claim your spot. It's going to be such a powerful night. We already have the most beautiful women jumping in. Um, yay. Hello, Mary. And yeah, it's really for the person who your relationship because of your background is different to money and success, right? It's a unique relationship. And because of colonization, this is why we need to decolonize it. Because of colonization and oppression, your self-worth has been impacted. The way you view yourself, your identity has been dictated to you. It gets dictated to you when you're in the group that has been oppressed which is any of us indigenous people or people with colorful skin like basically any other race besides the european settlers in most places in the world are the oppressed people there's still this overlaying concept this ideological racism that one race is superior to another that's the basis of that's what you know moved colonization to move in such an aggressive and hurtful and harmful deeply harmful way is this whole idea that one race is superior to the other 
simply because of the color of their skin and where they're from and who they are. So when you are in a group that's been oppressed, that's been marginalized, your self-worth and your identity is going to be deeply impacted. And what is the key to manifesting success and wealth? Identity and self-worth. How you see yourself is everything. The way you see yourself equals whether your life ends up being one of frustration and failure and disappointment or whether your life ends up being one of success and happiness, right? But when you're in a community that's oppressed and there's narratives in society that are false and that are belittling you and telling you you are less than, hi, Izzy, thank you so much for joining, then that, um, oh, thank you so much, that identity, that self-worth is deeply impacted and those wounds stay with you. They are on your soul. So I'm so passionate about this because we need more conversations like this. I'm going to be talking to people from all different backgrounds and all different walks of life because I want to hear their stories as well. And I want to share with you a little bit of my perspective and my journey on this. Um, there's just so much to share and I'm not even sure like where to start. I have so much to say. You can look out for lots of content coming with lots of micro stories from myself. But yeah, I'm going to hear from a lot of you as well. There was something else I was just going to say and then I lost my train of thought. So hopefully it'll come back up. Oh yes, we need to decolonize success because all of our teachers, this is why I'm so passionate and this is why I'm doing this, all of our teachers on wealth and success, most of them are white men, not even women. We're starting to have some women now, but most of these people that we see that are teaching these success principles and how to be wealthy and how to um, thrive and have a good mindset and all of this stuff, they're white dudes. They aren't, they don't understand the wounding that happens on our, on a soul level. And so it doesn't get addressed. Like I can tell you all day long what I've learned from reading plenty of books, going to plenty of Tony Robbins type of seminars about mindset, about the power of our thoughts, about all of these success principles. Sorry, I had to put my phone on. Do not disturb. Yeah, we need more marginalized billionaires. Exactly. That is my biggest, highest level mission. Creating BIPOC billionaires. Oh, I love that phrase too. BIPOC billionaires. <laughs> oh my gosh, let's do it. Let's make that a thing. Um, but there's so many examples out there of white men who are successful. And even now we're starting to see a little more women. There's still a huge imbalance with men and women. But all of I know all of my success teachers, all the books I read, a lot of them were white men and that advice, that mindset advice, think positively, do this, do that, that takes you so far. But if there's a wound on your soul because you and your ancestors have been oppressed for centuries, that is something that those teachers just cannot help you with if they have not experienced it, right? So we need, not only do we need more examples of BIPOC people thriving, but we need more people teaching from this holistic perspective that addresses you as the whole person mind, body, emotion, and spirit, because this is a spiritual wound that happens when you're oppressed, when there's constant narratives in society, on TV, coming out of other people's mouths, because oppression, colonization has caused this divide, has caused this oppression, and it seeps into our systems, it seeps into our institutions, it seeps into 
our interpersonal relationships, whether we are aware of it consciously or not. We all have these biases because this is what the oppressors did and they knew what they were doing when they did it. They've created this divide, this notion that one race is greater than the other. So of course, that is going to impact our ability to charge our worth, to go after our biggest, wildest dreams, especially when we're seeing lack of example, but mostly this toxic narrative that we need to change. So I almost titled this live video, this podcast episode, "Change." let's change the narrative, like let's change the freaking narrative. So a little bit on my story. I grew up and I don't remember a single year in my life where I, so I grew up on a reserve, um, tied to Nega Mohawk territory in Ontario, Southern Ontario. My dad's lineage is um, Mohawk. He's uh, First Nations, Haudenosaunee. And my mother's heritage is European settler. So I am actually mixed and I am what you would call white passing. Like I could, people usually look at me and they're like, what's your ethnicity? You look like a little bit exotic or something, but I don't know what it is. But I'm what you would call white passing. Whereas if I didn't say I'm an indigenous woman, you would probably not know. You wouldn't know any difference. So this has been an interesting perspective. And this is why I want to also talk to people who are visibly, you know, a minority, a visible minority, and get your perspective as well. But there has not been a year in my life since I was old enough to realize what racism is and what, you know, the I, like it started in childhood when our school, so I went to school on the reserve, we went to other schools to play sports and to participate in dance events and things like this. And that was like the first exposure to racism. There was other schools that were doing like um, chanting, like pretending to be like Indians and um, banging on their mouths and being like, ah, and chanting and calling us, um, you know, making up Indian names that they thought were funny and saying that to us. And their teachers let them do it. This was the messed up part. Their teachers participated in it with them. And I remember as a kid being like, wow, this is really messed up. And that was kind of my first exposure to racism because I grew up on the reserve with other indigenous people. But then as the years went on, as I went through high school and college, there was not a year or a day really that went by where I wasn't exposed to this extremely oppressive stereotyping narrative where I heard things like, natives are lazy, they just wanna live off government money, they take all our tax money, Um, Natives are drunks, um, they're all alcoholics, they don't contribute anything to society, and it makes my blood boil because since I've been old enough to work, I have been working. All of my friends, same thing for them. I know so many people from our reservation who are the most hardworking, beautiful people that I know, and yet there's this narrative out there that is like just perpetuating this hate towards natives for no reason other than somebody's bitter that they have to pay taxes, which we all do, by the way. That's a rumor that Native people don't pay tax. I pay income tax just like anyone else. Um, And yeah, anyway, that's a whole thing. That's a side tangent. But there's always this narrative and being white passing has been interesting because I went into the workplace after college or even in college. I had several experiences where people would be saying like out outright racist remarks right in front of me not realizing that I am indigenous and I remember walking into a lunchroom once and my friends and interestingly enough they were also people of color there was these two guys 
and they were just on a on a tangent for no apparent reason about native people and how uh, they don't they don't do anything man they don't contribute to society all they do is sit around all day and drink alcohol like they're not they're not doing anything with their lives and I remember like just like freezing in my tracks and feeling so uncomfortable and like all the blood rushed out of my head and being like what do I do? Like, do I stand up and cause a scene and make everybody uncomfortable and make myself uncomfortable, but call them out? Or do I just walk away and pretend I didn't just hear that? And unfortunately, I walked away. I was like, nope, not doing this because I will lose it. And I don't want to lose it right now. I have to go back to work. And I just, I just turtled up and walked away and put my head down. And there's been so many times in my life where I've done that and then kicked myself later for doing it. And the moment I stopped doing that was when, mm-hmm, yeah, it's a taught it's a taught way of thinking. That's right, Izzy. They learned it from somewhere, right? And there's so many, not only just people, like people don't just come up with this on their own. And I'm not saying that people are blameless for this, but there are literally newspapers that print so many stories with that undertone, with that narrative in it. Um, anything in the Toronto Sun is like very much painting that narrative um there's a lot of there's a lot of biases in the media and the media is controlled by the government so it makes complete sense that this narrative is all controlled but anyways there's been a lot of incidents like that and then there's been incidents where i actually was at a university once interviewing for um for a spot in the program for an interior design program and i don't know if you've ever watched somebody's face just turn to complete disgust just by telling them where you're from. But that's what happened to me. So I was excited to share. I'm actually from Tyendinaga. I'm an indigenous woman. This is where my family's from. And the professor interviewing me for the school program, his face literally turned to disgust. Hi, Sapna. And he was like, oh, you don't block highways and bridges, do you? That's literally what he said after making a disgusted face when I said where I was from. And I was so shocked and embarrassed and like, what the hell just happened? Hi, Seppi. Um, That I couldn't even, I just froze. I botched the rest of my interview. It went completely down the drain. Uh, needless to say, I did not get into that university, nor would I have any interest. And it's like a, well, it's a, it's a well-known university with a really good rep, um, reputation for interior design. And I was just like, no. And my and rest of my interview went down the drain and it was horrible. And I left and told my family what happened and cried after out, out in the streets of Toronto. Like, But um, yeah, I've had several instances like that where even straight to my face, I've, I've heard ignorance and comments and hatred and Still, I didn't really defend myself. I didn't really say anything. So someone was asking me today, what was the moment that things shifted for me? Was there any type of like pivotal moment um, that shifted things for me? And I will say for me, what shifted me in no longer staying silent was when last summer, when the news broke that 300 plus children's bodies had been found on the site of a former residential school in Canada. And if you don't know about residential schools, please do your research, please look them up. They are a horrific part of Canada's, I don't even wanna say history, 
of how Canada was built. It's, I, let's not even call it history because it's still the last school just closed in 1996. <laughs> like I was five years old and bodies are still being uncovered. Like this is current events in Canada and 300 children's bodies were found on the site of one school buried underground where these schools basically they took indigenous children from their homes and they sent them to these schools to force them to learn English to force them to assimilate into the new society right as part of colonization and after that that's kind of what sparked me to be like okay I can't stay silent anymore I owe it to these children who didn't make it home to tell their stories, to speak about not only the strength and the resilience of our people, because I feel like that's talked about all the time, but I saw this post recently that was like, you know what, I'm tired of being called resilient because we're resilient because we've had to be, but we're also soft and we want to be soft sometimes and we want to be seen and held and heard and we have amazing stories and we have big goals and we have big dreams. And I have literally done ancestral meditations where I've sat and called upon my ancestors on my indigenous, you know, on my paternal lineage and asked for strength and asked for support and asked for guidance. And I just felt so much pain. I could feel all of the pain of those children because they didn't get, they didn't make it home. They didn't even get a chance to pursue their dreams and to be successful and to create the life they wanted to create. So I feel like I owe it to them to not only do that, but also to tell their stories to as much as I felt their pain, I also felt their strength with me. And so that's what I've drawn upon is those ancestors and that meditation. And as I continue sitting with them in meditation, that's what helps me put together these master classes and these programs. Um, but just that news breaking was like, okay. And so many people were shocked by it and had never heard of residential schools and didn't know the actual truth about Canada, even though we've been saying it, you know, I say we, but indigenous people have been talking about it forever. No one listened until they literally found dead bodies by the thousands now. So now all these schools are being investigated and the sites are being dug up. And we are now at over 10,000 children's bodies and some adult bodies too being found on the sites of these schools so how can i possibly just go about living life and not speaking up when these things are happening and not not doing whatever i can to empower indigenous people and all people of color who've been oppressed for far too long but needless to say when this stuff has happened to you and your ancestors this gets passed down um this trauma same thing goes for like anyone whose ancestors have experienced slavery. Um, I know indigenous people around the world always get the worst treatment by the settlers. And it's this power thing. But when your ancestors have been literally treated like they weren't human, how are they supposed to feel worthy of thriving and being successful and wealthy when they weren't even, you know, made to feel like they were worthy of being alive. And some of them weren't. They were killed. Um, this was actual genocide. And this has happened not only in Canada, but all around the world to so many, so many people. And so there's just so much healing to be done. And that's really what a big part of what sparked it for me. 
Um, so that's a, just a little bit of my perspective on things and a little bit of my story. Um, I love breaking the mold. I love being in places where people don't expect me to be. I love breaking stereotypes and proving people wrong. And um, if you do as well, then I want to invite you to join me for Reclamation. Decolonize success and reclaim your birthright to thrive because you do have a right to thrive. You have a seat at the table if you want it. Let's let's do it. Um, let's create more BIPOC billionaires. I love that so much. And um, the tickets for that are in my Instagram bio or if you're on the podcast, I'll put a link below. There is a lot more that I want to share, but I'll leave it here for now. I think I'm going to have to do this in, in bursts <laughs> because I just have... I just have so much to share, but yes, let's break the mold. Let's break these stereotypes. Let's create a world where it's normal, where BIPOC success is not the exception. It's the rule. It's the normal. Um, And success is colorful and wealth is colorful. And every table and every company, there's not just a diversity hire, but the whole table is colorful and diverse because we have so much. We have so many gifts. We have so many talents. We have so much to bring to the world. So let's shine and bring it forward. Yes to BIPOC millionaires and billionaires. Woo! Yes, absolutely, Sevna. Yes, break it all. Let's break down these freaking mm, stereotypes and narratives that are just not true and prove that we can be the generation to create true oneness, to create heaven on earth, to create what we so desperately need, which is this this oneness where we're all thriving. So, um. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I will be sharing more as the day go- days go on, and I'm counting down the days until May 4th. Reclamation, an hour live with you on Zoom. You can ask questions. You can um, get support. You can be in a community where you're going to be so understood, so seen, so supported, and I can't wait to meet you on there. So thank you guys for tuning in. I love you so much. Um, keep shining. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thanks again so much for listening. The best way you can thank a podcaster, if you got any value from this episode at all, or it helped you in any way, the best way to thank a podcaster is to share. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram at Emily Ann Grant, send it to a friend and let me know your thoughts. I cannot wait to connect with you. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Emily Ann Grant or join the Facebook group, The Soul's Way. Thanks again for being here. Cheers to your magic.